Everybody, and welcome to the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast, discussing and debating the iconic and the forgotten of 80s and 90s pop culture with your co-hosts, James D. Graves and Jason Colvin. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast. Please give a big round of applause for my co-host and friend of all ages, Mr. Jason Colvin. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Good to see you. Thanks for joining us. We're so glad you're listening. We are here today to talk again about Gladiator and Braveheart. Braveheart, yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to start pointing at you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I've got a question for you before we go any further. Okay. D. Yes. Do you like movies about gladiators? <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> Okay, so we left off. We left off last time. We were talking about the composers. As far as composers go, we—they're both great. They're both great. They're both great. But my—but my film score is better than your film score. I don't think so. It I is. really don't think it so. it really is. Okay. Well, okay. If you like bagpipes, then you can stick with the. I do like bagpipes. <laughs> You're I, crazy. I, mean, I don't. Anybody watching Braveheart who doesn't like bagpipes is probably not going to like that. I movie. like James Horner. I, I'm not a big bagpipes guy. Well, then I th- I can see why you don't like the movie because that's like the first thing that happens is the bagpipes start playing. <laughs> I mean, I'm ready to kind of dive in. I've got I've got a few things that I want to talk about as far as interesting tidbits before we dive into sort of final opinion. Sure. Yeah. I mean, let's let's do a, let's just kind of do a film comparison. I think you know probably what we should do is make an attempt to say something nice about the film that we don't like. Right. Let's do that. Okay. So my nice thing to say is this film was pretty. It was pretty. It, your your Gladiator movie was was pretty. That's the best you got. <laughs> okay. So I I mean honestly I, I like Marcus Aurelius by Richard Harris. I like Commodus by Joaquin Phoenix. I think they both did a fantastic job. I like Lucilla. Connie Nielsen did a fantastic job with that part. Those uh, supporting cast members killed it. That's similar to what I'm going to say. Okay. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the actress who plays Marin. They plucked her right out of college, basically. Catherine McCormick had just finished up with drama school, had done one really low-budget film, and then was cast in this movie. She does a lot with her eyes, and sort of uh, she has that quiet grace. Right. I can see why Mel Gibson sort of... We talked about how he fell in love with her a little bit. Right. Um, so she does a great job, I think. I think the actor who played Steven, a guy that you really like, uh, he does a great job, steals scenes, has great lines. He's really funny. And then the guy who played Robert the Bruce, I thought, did a great job of being conflicted, right? Right. I want to believe. I want to believe, right. Right? Yeah. You can tell it's just tearing him up inside. I think uh-huh. he did a fantastic job. All men betray. <laughs> Um, I think for me, the movie is compelling, right? right. The story is compelling. Right. Uh, I'm interested in how the Scots won their freedom. William Wallace is an interesting character. Right. It's a great storage of courage and leadership. You know, and people probably can't tell from our voices which one of us are which, like if they've seen our pictures out there. You are you are the one that looks like you have more of the Scottish and Irish heritage That's right. than I do. I right. look I look more Southern European and you look more Northern European. But you're you're finding favor with the Italian movie and I'm with the UK movie. It's interesting. We did talk about that the other yeah. day. I definitely I mean I've red hair, if you haven't seen me, I I look Irish ish, you know. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and you definitely look more Mediterranean-ish, right. European. From the clan of McAlvin. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, I, I think both films are skillfully made. Yeah. For me, the stories are compelling. I think they're filmed well. I think they look good on the screen. Right. I do have some problems with yeah, Let's stop pretending to like movies that we don't really like, and let's just get on. Let's get on with Your this. Your movie is pretty good. Your movie is okay. Okay. Eh, ish. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna. I really, I, I really feel like you're way off base on this. I feel like you're completely off base. I, I mean, really, when you told me that, I was just like, I cannot, I cannot fathom that you like Gladiator better than Braveheart. It just doesn't. It doesn't. I don't even understand it. Okay. So let's let's do this. Let's just kind of bounce back and forth. Okay. Let's talk about. Let's just talk about first. Let's talk about the main character. Okay. We'll talk about William Wallace. Then we can talk about Maximus. Okay. Maximus the Restimus Cucavitimus Gibbus. Maximus Decimus Meridius. Yes, whatever he Father made. to a murdered son. Okay, so I don't want to I don't want to get into the personal lives of the actors. I mean we can we can poke holes all of that all day long and can do that with any actors. But if you if we look at actually the performance here, I mean I believed everything that was happening with William Wallace. I mean, he, his emotions, his humor, all of those things came through so clearly. And he was a character that I identified with. And then I was just like, yeah, I want to, I want to be like that. I want to believe. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that. I felt the same way. I felt like Robert the Bruce. I felt like I was less of a man than this guy was and, and wanted to be more like him. Okay. Go all right. Ahead. So, I mean, this is kind of the crux of, of my position, but yeah. I mean, Gladiator is the story of Maximus. Mm-hmm. You have to like this guy for it to work. Right. And for me, he's loved by the emperor, Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. He's loved by his wife and family. Yeah. He's loved and respected by his men. He is a servant leader, a loving father, a good husband. He is good at his job. He is the man that I aspire to be loved appreciated I'm, I'm over here shaking my head at you right literally now. you are the only male i've ever met who doesn't love this character no because to me he's pouty through the whole movie like this is all just uh i'm frustrated that i got asked to do something that i didn't want to do you know poor me i got asked to lead rome and then poor me i'm, I'm being because shaked. he wants to go home to his family right but but come on, man. I mean, and then once even you know, once everything goes bad, no, I refuse to fight. I throw I throw this. He just seems pouty the whole movie. When I found out later on that Russell Crowe was getting really frustrated as they tried to make this movie with no script, and that he would walk off the set, the set, I was like, yeah, that's the vibe I got from the character. Like he's just irritated and punky all the time. You I don't, are way off base on no. this. So, but. But are you going to tell me that you didn't identify with William Wallace? Okay, so here's my problem with William Wallace. It's not that I didn't identify with him. I am a Mel Gibson fan. The roots of my fanhood are based in Lethal Weapon. Okay. Okay. So. Me too. I mean, I've seen a lot of, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I haven't seen a lot of his movies, but he is pretty much Martin Riggs for me all the time. Okay. So when he goes to fight, when he, you know, when he's circling the English and he's going to go pick a fight, right? Right. I, I really expected him to do a Three Stooges, poke him in the eye, slap him in the face. and But, I mean, he does, I mean, as as far as ancient Scotland goes, he does that kind of, you know, let's flash him our front and then moon him on our back. and I want to believe. I want to like him. I, yeah, and when I, when I went to go see Gladiator, I was just like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy into this movie. But it was just, huh. You, no, you Russell, lit- literally, you're the only man I know 
that doesn't love this movie. I have never met somebody who thought that Gladiator was better than Braveheart. That I that I okay. Know. Well, well, I mean, we're going to find out. I hopefully yeah. If you are out there, and I mean, because we are definitely on opposite sides of this deal. Yeah. Who's right and who's wrong? So that's main character. Let's move on. Okay. Let's go to let's go to villain. Right. Okay. Okay. So I've already said I loved Joaquin Phoenix's performance in this. Right. There are times that I was just like, why he seems like he's kind of doing a high school Shakespeare, but those moments were very brief, and overall the performance was really, really solid. I think we mentioned it last time. He was incredibly nervous about this performance, but ended up getting the the nod for best supporting actor. I didn't win, but but got the nomination. But he was <laughs> he was having to be imbibed by Russell Crowe and Richard Harris. To get him over the the anxiety, that well, he, had about he was still a young guy. I mean, yeah, he's really yeah. Very I, I mean, I really don't know what his age was when he filmed this. I but. think he was in the neighborhood of twenty six. Yeah, yeah, okay. And he's out there with Richard Harris. Yeah, right. Oliver yeah. Reed. Yep. Russell Crowe, who's yep. the next superstar. I really like the performance by by him. I'm not necessarily a Walking Phoenix fan, right? But he does a good job, and his character is everything that Maximus is not. He wants power. He yeah. wants respect. He yep. wants love. And he can't get it. And he can't get it. Right. Um, okay. and, I'll, and I'll also say this about him. You know, uh, as far as villains go, most time, most of the time, I would prefer to kind of understand where my villain is coming from. Like, like I like the idea of seeing, oh, hey, you know, he had a bad, he had this bad experience and that's what's made him the man that he is right now. He's just a bad guy. Well, with with him, he has this anticipation that, that suddenly gets soured. Are you ready to do your duty for Rome? You will not be emperor. Like I, I really, he was caught off guard, and and so I can see how he's frustrated at the event and kind of turns the way that he does. Um, he even appreciates his own shortcoming. He wrote to me once, listing the four chief virtues: wisdom, justice, fortitude, and temperance. As I read the list, I knew I had none of them. You wanted these things, but you didn't appreciate these other things that I do have, and I didn't have those things, and so he just felt unloved, you know, and as a dad, you always fear that you're not giving your kid the right, whatever the right upbringing is, whether it's love or discipline or whatever. Right. So I, I actually enjoyed that you could see that from the villain in Gladiator. Right. Well, so uh, the villain from Braveheart. Yeah. The King Edward Longshanks. Yes. Right. Yeah. Good bad guy, Darth Vader esque. Right? I mean, he's yeah, he's smart. Yes. he's in charge. Yes, he is strategic and sort of outthinks him down yes. down the line a couple of times. Right, and I think he's doing bad things, but he's he's doing his job as a king and takes his job very serious. Right, which for me, a good bad guy is somebody who believes what they're doing is right. Right. It's just in contrast to what you believe, right? Right. Well, he wasn't conniving in any way. He's evil through and through. Right. Like there's, you're not getting a, oh, I can see how maybe he came to this path. No, you just get bad guy, bad guy, bad guy, bad guy, evil, evil. But he sells it. Like somehow, and I think it goes to the chops of the actor and the age of the actor. He's selling something because he's a good actor. I mean, he's, he's, he's he pure bad, but you're just still, you're still like, you believe it. I dispatched them. Before I sent your wife. 
So our little ruse succeeded. Thank you. And while this upstart awaits my arrival in York, my forces will have arrived in Edinburgh behind him. Well, and you have to be ruthless to protect your kingdom. I right. understand all that. Yeah. He, mean, so he does a good job. Yeah, fantastic job. I didn't like that Wallace and him were never face-to-face. Okay. Good guy, bad guy, mono mono You at least get that at the end of Gladiator. Yeah, and see, honestly, that that doesn't bother me as much. I know that was another big problem with me for this movie is that Maximus's story seemed to only be about I, I'm going to get revenge on Commodus. There was no other motivation for what he was doing. It's just I'm going to go get revenge on Commodus. Okay. Well, that's interesting because that's exactly my problem with Braveheart. Mel Gibson, his wife gets a, killed yes. by Joe Deputy. Yeah, the garrison, right. Who he promptly exacts revenge on quickly and yes. severely. Yes. And then all of a sudden he's like leading the freedom fighters. There's more to the story. It's there, a bigger cause. Well, I mean, kind of, but not really. He wasn't what? really interested in that. He, he was too. Initially he wasn't. Oh my gosh. No. All he wanted to do was raise a family and live in peace. Okay, so let's talk about the beginning of the movie real quick. Okay. He's a little kid. His father and brother narrowly escape murder from Longshanks because they go to go to peace talks and they're late to the meeting. Yes. Right? Right. And what happens to all of those other guys? They were there to talk about peace talks with England and the freedom of Scotland, right? right? From right. the beginning of the movie, that's what's going on. And that's what is the inspiration for him as a child. Yes. And he wants to he go wants fight. He wants to go fight. He but wants to go fight. When he comes back home, yep. they invite him to go to the meeting. He's like, no, thanks. I'm not interested. Right. Because he's been educated. He has changed from the juggernaut, let's just drive this kamikaze into war to a man who's grown to appreciate using his wits before he uses his sword. And so he has he has an education. I mean that's what I love about it is you've got you've got an educated guy here. You're in the midst of of old Scotland where you live in rock mud huts. I right. Mean, <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> Not for me, but thanks. Right. I mean it's just it, it, but you have a guy who speaks Latin and French and who understands the mechanics of war because he's been traveling for the last 20 years with his uncle Argyle and learning all of these things. And his decision after all of that is it is better to have a quiet, simple life than to go into these exploits. And it's only once he's forced into the situation that he... I understand. I understand. Yeah. I, I, I liked the simple revenge story of Gladiator. Yeah. I was... all, it's his sole pursuit. Right. Now, he does have the side deal, his duty to give Rome back to the people. It's not even, it doesn't even come up. It does. I mean, like, there's one scene where he's at the top of the stairs. It's like, this is not what they want. Uh, well, I'm like, dude, you can't sell that three quarters into the movie now. His, no, his, I mean, that's a side thing. Mm-hmm. He wants to kill Commodus. Yeah. That's his thing. Yes. I'm here to kill Commodus. Yes. And how do I do that? I got to be the best gladiator in the world so I can stand right next to him. Yeah. That's yeah. a compelling story. Yeah. And, I, and that's what I appreciate about Gladiator. Okay. Braveheart gets a little convoluted on, on – It's a more interesting story. Well, his wife and then he and then he sleeps with the Queen of France. Okay. So which is satisfying but I mean, confusing. It I is, mean, I, 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 I kind of question the decision to have him sleep with her. Okay. And, and watching with my 10-year-old, he was like, what is he doing? Like he was outraged, but did you say look at her? 
you see her? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, I'm teaching my child to be a pig. <laughs> <laughs> that's Sophie Marceau, son. Okay. So, but I mean, this is a this is something that starts in it, it, 1280. So he comes back at about 1300, and this is over in 1314. This is 14 years. Yeah. I mean. Yes, he loved his original bride, but I mean, where he's still a human man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and she's still a human woman who has a man who's not. No, yeah, I, I mean, I, that part of the story was satisfying because, you know, he he gets her pregnant. Yeah, and and that's sticking that it to plays, the king. Yeah, to, that you plays know. into the end, and that's really the. I mean, I get it. I, I did. I did like clearly Maximus. His son and wife were murdered yeah. unjustly. Yeah. Later on, he does share a kiss with Lucilla, his yeah. former lover, we yeah, think. Yes. Right. But Ridley Scott was very careful not to make that too sexual. Yeah, he didn't he didn't want it to be. I I've yeah. Stay on point. Right. You're you are seeking revenge for your wife and child. If only JJ Abrams had made that decision with the most recent Star Wars movie. Oh, oh. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We've given you no spoiler alerts, but we think you're smart enough to, to have <laughs> anticipated that movies that are going to be this old, we're going to spoil when we're talking about. But I'm at this moment about to talk about a movie that's still out in theaters. So if you have not seen The Rise of Skywalker, turn the volume down and wait for a minute or so and turn the volume back up. <laughs> While we skip blow ahead. our top. Yeah. Right. So just real quick, Rise of Skywalker, the kiss should never have happened. I just have to say that right now, the kiss at the end should never have happened. It doesn't make any sense at the, all. The hour before and after the kiss shouldn't have happened, too. I, agreed. <laughs> I thought you liked the movie more than I did, but, but I did. That's yeah. only because I hated Last Jedi. But okay. we, we actually Star Wars fans. Yeah. Before we get all the hate mail on that. So. Yeah. No. 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 I mean, obviously, we're Star Wars fans, or we wouldn't be so passionate about. That's right. The the messing of it up. And if you loved it, you loved it. There are a lot of people that I admire out there who just said, "I loved it. I loved all the action," and I. I didn't, but that's okay. We have difference of opinion, and I I enjoy debating on the the qualities of movies, obviously. Right, because <laughs> we love movies. Right. So anyway, back to our movie. Let's talk a little bit just about the setup, just the introduction and how things go on each of these, because that, I think, is a big problem for me okay. with Gladiator. All right. So I'm going to talk about – I'm just going to do a quick bullet point. Here's the setup for Brave Okay. Heart. Now, wait a second. Yeah, what? For, for those who don't know, you are a lawyer. Yeah. You're a lawyer. You're about to give me some of your lawyer juju right here. Um, I'm just a Joe Blow movie guy. Listen, I am not presenting evidence here, okay? <laughs> I, I have got – my wife – I t- I shared this with you. My wife, when we're having an argument and all of a sudden she feels like she doesn't know how to respond to me, she's like, you're just using those lawyer tricks on me. And I'm like um, – <laughs> If by tricks you mean logic and reason, yes. But I had those before I ever went to law school. But <laughs> let's just—I I'm, I'm really—we're talking about opinions here. But I'm gonna—I'm gonna try to give you why I feel the way that I feel. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so the beginning of Braveheart, you've got that scene that I talked about, where the Scottish nobles are, are all murdered, and he walks in and is face to face with these bodies. Then you have—you know—his father and his brother are gonna go pick a fight just like he does later on in the movie. And it's not about winning. It's about letting them them know that they're there. Right. And you can see this important aspect in his upbringing of, I know, I know you can fight, but it's our wits that make us men. Yes. So 
that's that's a huge deal to me. And then that impacts how he feels about things later on. To have those inspirational characters is obviously a good dad. And then just before he leaves, he gets the thistle by Murrin. It's setting up that love story early. It's his good education from Uncle Argyle. We see the marriage of Prince Edward and Isabella. So we've got the setup of why she is longing for love later on in the movie as well. Then we get our villain who establishes when when the princess walks in, when the prince should have walked in. We get that kind of, oh, you're going to you're going to rule, then let's see if you can handle what I'm about to say. We're going to reinstate the pre doctrine. So William Wallace, after his 20 years of education, comes back. He knows Latin. He knows French. And he's obviously an educated man, but he just wants to be a dirt farmer. <laughs> he's a mud farmer. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like Luke Skywalker. Moisture yeah. Vapors. Yeah. Right. And I'm, I'm going to come back to that a little bit when we talk, to, <laughs> talk about Gladiator. Okay. And then he courts urine, and you get this beautiful love story. You get the setup, and it's great. You have this escape in the rain, and it's and they're they're totally jabbing at each other. Like, am I supposed to be impressed? And he, then he says something in French to her. And she's like, you know, stand on your head. And he's like, well, my kilt might fly out. But that's funny stuff. It's a funny courting. They're really in love. And you get that story. And then Murren gets murdered. And then he comes back into the village. You know, he's he had thought that she was safe. And it was going to the place for them to meet. But it doesn't happen. And then you see him after her murder, you see him riding back into the village and both my son and my wife were like, does he know what's happened? And I was like, yes. And my wife's like, well, you don't, there's no way you can know from what I understand, but this movie's already three hours long. You just have to get it and you're about to get it. And you see him with cold steel eyes come in there and enact revenge. But that that scene is really cool. For an intelligent man, he knows that revenge isn't going to be the end of it. I understand. There will be yeah. there will be a reckoning, and so he has to he has to take. They're the not going to overlook what I'm about to do, right? So that is the that's the setup for my movie, and I think the best setup that we've got. Now, I want you to tell me what you didn't like about that setup. Okay, the romance the it works. Yeah, but they they only spend about five minutes together before he's ready to go kill everybody. I mean, I understand the anger. He's she's all he I, ever thought about. I know, and she's beautiful, and I and I and it works for me. That romance works for me. But I mean, one minute, hey, uh, we're getting married in secret, you know. Mm-hmm. And again, he's supposed to be in his early twenties. The yeah. next minute, let's go. We're gonna take down England. It's the next logical step. <laughs> I, it just seemed like the romance was a little bit rushed. Uh, the actress did such a good job, and I, I did buy it. I, I I did buy the love story, right? But he exacted his revenge. He he did it. I mean he he slit the dude's throat, right? But the the idea is it never would have happened in the first place had England not been in Scotland doing what it was doing, and that's why the rest of the story is necessary. Okay, well. As a general idea, I think the movie is a little bit long, and I think that beginning part. Mm, well, is I mean, it if, necessary? If you've, if you've got an, if you've got a somewhat complicated plot, it needs to be a little bit longer to be fleshed out. Now, you have a movie that's the exact same length, and all it is is a revenge story. It's not the same length; it's shorter. Oh, but by ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. 
So let's 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 flip that back to, to Gladiator. Okay, so you fought in by I the mean, time that something am, happens. Tell me about it. Okay, so when the movie starts, you immediately see Maximus clearly has charisma. He's well-respected. He's good at his job. He's leading this battle onto the field against the Germania barbarians, right? Yeah. yeah. He is brave because the guy says, hey, the catapults are too close. He's like, nope, the risk is acceptable. I'm going to be leading the charge. we got to do it. And he leads the charge and has this great victory. He meets with Marcus Aurelius, who is the emperor, tells him, look, you're so good at what you do. My son is not worthy. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it in Rome to you uh-huh. so you can make sure that you get this back to the people where the power belongs. Well, don't forget his big speech to the guys in the middle of that, because that was before he was going to give it was at the end of the battle. Is they've had they've had their battle. So don't forget Maximus's speech to his men. Did you? Yes, love it? absolutely. Okay. Yes. I'm gonna uh, let you keep talking. I'm not gonna. You did a very good job of not interrupting my introduction. <laughs> I'm gonna let you keep going. The one where he's like, "What we do in life echoes in eternity." Yeah. And if you find yourself with sun on your face, uh-huh. don't be troubled because you're in Elysium and you're already dead. Right. 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 Stay with me. Hold the line. All <laughs> this if stuff. You, if you've seen the movie that came out afterward called Elysium. That makes that line really fun. <laughs> no, I, I, that speech to me works. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to stand and take a sword and wet my pants and go do this thing. Yeah. Right? Okay. So, yeah, I, I think it works great. I'm ready to ride horses with this guy. Uh-huh. And I'm ready to go to Elysium if necessary. When he gets this charge by Marcus Aurelius, he is the only one who knows what has happened. He's the only one who knows that Marcus Aurelius Once is Marcus Aurelius is murdered. Yeah, he's the only one that knows that the power was supposed to go to him and not Commodus. Right. Except Commodus. Except Commodus. Commodus knows, right. Well, right. Right. Okay, go ahead. So the easy thing would be, yeah. I mean, what's the righteous thing to do in that, in that instance? You know that he's been, the emperor has been slain. Somehow. Yeah. I have the responsibility. He gave it to me. Yeah. And you killed him before we could tell anybody about this. But you turned it down. Well... Yeah, but then it was taken from him. It would be very easy. Look at what Quintus did. Right. Quintus looked and saw, okay, I can stick with my buddy Maximus who is in big trouble, or I can stick with the emperor now, the heir apparent, Yeah. and he takes the easy way out. Maximus yeah, could does. easily take the easy way out. Take his hand, right? Mm-hmm. Take my hand. I offer it only once. Yep. Yeah, I see you're uh, kind of the guy in charge now. All right. What does Lucilla do? Basically the same thing. He's the, she slaps him first, though. Well, she makes it known that she doesn't approve of his choice to kill her father. How does she know? I, yeah, keep going. I keep going. Anyway, Maximus has the courage to do the right thing despite the extreme odds against him. Right. Well, that's unquestionably true about both of these movies. Right. Keep going because you got to get to the you got to get to the point of the driving force, which is the revenge. Right. Okay. He's not, he's not going to get revenge for the attempted execution, <laughs> but go ahead and talk about that. So, so at that point, Maximus uh, is captured. Yep. Commodus says, look, you get a chance to join me. You turn me down. Uh-huh. That's it. Yep. So Maximus says, hey, Quintus, look after my family. Make sure you take care of my family. Yeah. You, you guy who's betraying me right now. Right. Yeah. Quintus, his best buddy. Makes sense. Says, your family will meet you in the afterlife. Yeah. What okay. a douche. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he t- flips like that. Yeah. So instantly we know Maximus' family is big trouble. Right. Maximus is in big trouble. Yeah. 
They take him out to execute him. Yeah. He asks for a soldier's death. <laughs> what a bunch of – yeah. Okay. The, and then the three stooges are in charge, you know, yeah. and uh, takes them out, rides 1,500 miles back to Spain. Yep. Can't get there fast enough, and his wife and child have been burned and crucified. Right. Okay? Yes. That is his now one goal in life. Before, I mean, he's briefly suicidal, I would say. He's yeah. captured by this roaming guy who picks up gladiators, which that is the major problem that I have with gladiators. It's a huge problem, okay. but okay. So just so, but that gets us to that same point, right? Yeah, we've got that. I mean, okay. basically, it's the same point in the movie, right? right? We've we've established this is the driving motivator for the remainder of the movie. Yes, the murder of the, his family, his family yes. right? And say like for William Wallace, it was the murder of his wife, wife, and then as an after effect. It has to be getting England out of Scotland. Okay. Because that was, the, I mean, that was the cause. That was the, the underlying cause. Both are very manly, very worthy causes. Right. So Gladiator starts off, and even before the movie starts, you get this Yellow Dreams works. <laughs> and I was just like, why is is this movie going to be in sepia town? What is going on here? Hey, and it's so, cool. Okay, yeah, sure, it was cool, but it prepares you for... Hey, we're either going to be yellow or we're going to be blue. I was immediately distracted by, okay, it's blue. No, it's yellow. Oh, it's blue again. Yellow, blue. What the heck is going they on? They do play with the filters a little I bit. Know, I was just like, why are you doing this? And so then you get this, <laughs> you get this introduction to the dog. And you're like, oh, this is good. The dog's going to be involved. No, no, okay, the dog's not involved. Oh, and there let's was talk a, about the dog for one second. Okay, but well, there was a bird. Oh, then the bird's not involved. What are we looking at here? The dog. Okay. Good. Even the dog loves Maximus. How do you win a dog's affection? You love the dog. Okay, so because everybody else loves him, I'm supposed to love him. I don't like that. I, 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 if the you problem. don't like Maximus, this movie doesn't work for you. Well, no, I just want to understand. I want to have the movie give me the story that makes me like Maximus. We're presented with him given this speech to these guys which i think is probably the worst motivational speech i've ever heard oh my gosh hey good news if you have the sun in your face you're dead and if you, you think about where you want to be and that's where you'll be you know except for those guys who are about to go die because obviously <laughs> that's not what they want either you'll be where you want to be or uh, you'll be dead either way it's okay right that's that's a great motivational speech you'll be out of this mud pit <laughs> in germany right so then it's the headless guys coming in. How the crap did that guy not fall off the horse? <laughs> I mean, not only did he not fall off the horse, but he made it back to camp with no head. They say no. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then the barbarians. It's not ridiculous. It's dramatic. It's stupid. <laughs> okay. It's, it, and hey, the good, the good news is that's like one of the one... F- few funny lines in this movie is they said no that one i mean at least i'm like okay i mean it's ridiculous but at least he's making it funny and then you get the bad motivational speech then the germanians stand there and chant for five minutes while the romans prepare with their tar and their flaming arrows and all of this it's absurd it is just absurd dude yeah you are digging your own grave i'm not and then you get bad shaky camp in the battles and then without i just 
he's not a moral man. Give me some backstory on why he's not a moral man. You know he's not a moral man. You have everything you need already. No, you don't. He's, he's not even... He's 20 years late to the battle. Okay. 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. So... He shows up. Hey, ever missed the battle? You've missed the war. Yeah. Right? Right. You have everything you need. And then... And, and then he kills his dad. Right. And then Marcus Aurelius says, he will accept my decision. Yeah, he really is not in touch with what Commodus is going to do. <sighs> And the surgeon said he didn't suffer. Surgeons, really? <laughs> Did they do surgery right there in the in the tent with all of the candles burning? There, yes. you know, yes. in the very yellow tent. Tent. That's double entendre right there. Yellow tent. Yellow tent. You're way off base. Ah. You're way off base. And then what happens? Quintus is betraying, and when when Maximus asks for help, he's not only like, not only going to betray you, but I'm going to give you the middle finger. He does. That guy should have gotten it. I mean, if I'm going to hate a guy, it's that guy, right? Right. And he doesn't get it. He Not through the whole movie does he have any repercussions, and he should on both sides. But what does he say? He says, ride until dawn and then execute him. Yes. And then gives the what everyone seems to think is the greatest warrior of the army to the Three Stooges, as you so <laughs> accurately pointed out. <laughs> and uh, so, like, uh, Mo, Larry, uh, Curly, <laughs> get on yeah. out there. Yes. Get on your horse. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Give me a soldier's death. How about no? <laughs> that would have been the end of that one. And then he grabs... He was loved by these guys. They knew this. He, he was they, like they a celebrity. Yeah. And so he's then... Their, he's their commanding officer. Right. Okay. And so they put him in a position where he can grab the blade of the sword and swing it like a bat and still have his fingers left. I can see. I'm, st- I'm like, I, I, I can what? see that. Is this going to be a superhuman man? Is this what this is? Does he have? Is he Iron Hands? <laughs> I, I can see where that might cause some trouble. And then, does he kill them all? Yes, every single one of them, right? Yes. Yeah. And then later on in the movie, Commodus says, "They told me he is dead." Who the crap told you he was dead? Quintus. Because he's the only guy who could have said that, right? He was the guy that sent those guys off. So Quintus, knowing those guys didn't show back up, oh my gosh. knowing what would have happened, didn't say jack squat. So when Commodus finds out later on, hey, guess what? Maximus isn't actually dead. Uh, the first guy he should be talking to is Quintus going, hey, what the crap, dude? You're thinking too much. I, I do agree, logically, that somebody would have missed Molary and Curly. <laughs> Okay. Yes. Their commanding officer. Hey, where's Mulan? Okay. Hey, wait a minute. Weren't they supposed to kill Maximus? Right. Where are those guys? Yes. I understand that. <laughs> but you're thinking too much. <laughs> they, we okay. need to get on with the story. Okay. So then the next the next scene is him riding as hard as he can with no stopping. And somehow, he hasn't been home in two and a half years, three years, whatever he said. Yeah. And somehow the guys who've never been to his house beat him there. That's because they... Yeah, I, I don't I, know how I, they did it. But. I don't know how they did it either. <laughs> but they think he's dead, but they go ahead and crucify the, the kid and the wife. So why? Why would they do that? What would be the point? The only reason to do that is if they think he's alive, which obviously they don't. No. that's The emperor ordered them to take care. Well, Quintus did. Sure. Kill him. Kill him. I get that. Yeah? Yes. Crucify them? That's a lot of extra work for nobody who you think is alive to see. Yes. And the son squealed like a girl. Yes. Yeah. And the wife moaned like a whore. <laughs> and so, 
and that again that brings me to what you've just talked about you get a very short romance story with i mean honestly it's like you're 30 minutes into the movie by the time this happens but you get no romance story with maximus and his wife and child if we had moments if we had something more than a description later Did you on see about his son get trampled by horses yeah, it was Is that horrible. enough? Yeah, that's enough. It's absolutely horrible. And I understand logically how we don't need to get to a know father that. is going to want to revenge the yes. murder of his family. It's a movie. I'm supposed to get that backstory. Okay. All right. Speaking of his wife and family, the, the actress who plays Maximus's wife, yeah. she's a model. She's actually Ridley Scott's wife. He right. married her in 2010. She did White Squall with him. White Squall, that was 90s, 96, right? 96, yeah. Yeah, I, have you seen that? Yeah. Was she a major part of that movie? Mm, can't remember. Okay. So then Maximus shows up, sees his burning family, and then tells Obi-Wan Kenobi that he has no reason to stay here anymore. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's a different movie, isn't it? <laughs> different burning family, sorry. There is a Star Wars connection in this movie that I want Uncle to Uncle Owen and He is picked up by the Jawas. I mean, not the Jawas. <laughs> a guy who's gathering gladiators out of nowhere. Who's, whose medicinal expertise is let the maggots clean the wound and then I'm going to stuff some sand in it. You will, they will clean it. You will see. <laughs> okay. And, and as you've pointed out, what a gigantic... What the crap moment is that where he's laying down exhausted at the burning crucified bodies of his family and then slave traders come and yeah, steal they just, him? They just grab him. I mean, that's what I would do if I was a guy picking up slaves is I'd go over to the Roman general's house right. and look for some over there. Right. The guy living in Tuscany. Uh, um, so, quick Star Wars reference for you. Go ahead. The guy... Robert the Bruce's dad. Yeah. The guy who's kind of the wizard the behind the... Uh, yeah, the leper. Yeah, the leper. Yeah. His face looks just like the guy from Star Wars who taps Luke Skywalker on the shoulder in the cantina and says, <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> right? You'll be dead. <laughs> Walrus man's buddy. I'm like, hey, those two guys are the same guy. Yeah. No, it's not the same guy. Okay. Not the same actor. All right. So okay, so there. I mean, we they're the they're the two beginnings. There's the setup for the story, and I'm already hopelessly lost. You're giving <laughs> me blue and yellow filters. You're making no sense at all with any of this stuff, and I'm not inspired to go fight with you. Okay. Well, here's a couple of things I just want to throw in, kind of in the middle of our argument here. Okay. I mean, clearly we've drawn the lines in the sand, but when Ridley Scott visited the Roman Colosseum, yeah, people kind of beat up, Too beat small. up both movies, right, yeah. for being historically inaccurate. Right. Braveheart takes it on the chin because William Wallace and, you know, he he's a main, he's a historical character. Mm-hmm. King of England, he's a historical character. Mm-hmm. You know, Maximus is fictional. Eligible. Right. Yeah. So when, when Ridley Scott went to the Roman Coliseum, he said, he looked at it and he said, this is too small. Yep. I need to make this, I'm going to jack this thing up. Right. Okay. Um, also, Maxim, I thought this was really interesting. When Maximus meets Lucius, right, Lucilla's yeah. son. Through the bars, he's talking to Lucius, and Lucius says, "Hey, are those horses on your chest?" He's right. Like, yeah. Yeah. In the in the movie, does it seem odd to you at all that they're going to let the nephew of Caesar within arm's distance of the <laughs> gladiator no, slaves? I don't have a 
problem with that at all. makes complete sense. Sure. Okay. Go ahead. So he asks him about <laughs> the horses on his armor. Yes. And Maximus points in and he says, this is Argento and this is Scartar. Right. Okay. And, and I know we talked you, about this. Are you, all you Italian speakers out there. That was probably a terrible pronunciation of your words. No, that's not, that's not where I was going. <laughs> the, the, the translation is? One horse's name is Silver and the other's name is Trigger. Right. And for people who may not be familiar with the Lone Ranger and Roy Rogers, those were the name of their horses. Cowboys, obviously, that lived much later in life, but it was a, hey. a Russell Crowe, hey, how about we do this? And Ridley Scott said, yeah, go for it. He's like, you don't think anybody knows? He's like, nope. no. Silver and, and Trigger. Right. Yeah, except for people who spoke Italian and also were familiar with the Lone Ranger and Roy Rogers. And people who dive into movies for podcasts. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Roy. <laughs> That's right. One more thing I did want to mention. Oliver Reed, who plays Proximo, yeah. he died on May the 2nd, 1999, which is in the middle of filming Gladiator. Right, still had some vital scenes to record. Yeah, I mean, and so the insurance company came to Ridley Scott and said, listen, this is part of the insurance deal. Mm-hmm. You can reshoot those scenes and we'll pay for it. Right. Ridley Scott says, no, it's okay. We'll just make it work, right? Yep. So they changed the script. They actually put a CGI mask on a on a stun double. The CGI mask is Oliver Reed at his house, and you can tell. I mean, you can see it. Yes. What's the line? Are you in danger of becoming a good man? Yes. And, and he, he his just response kinda, is, ah! Yeah. Which is an easy, if I'm going to do an Oliver Reed impression. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he was dead by that point. They yeah. had to film that scene. If you look at it closely, it's clearly a CGI mask. Yeah. The, uh, the original storyline, Maximus fights the undefeated gladiator. That was supposed to be Proxima. I think, we, you talked about the accidental drip. Yeah. I don't think that that's as good. No. I, I think the fact that Oliver Reed's death caused them to ride out Proxima, it made the story better. It did make the story better. Although, he turns out to be a good character. He does. He doesn't make, again, he doesn't make much sense in the movie. Because he's talking about these guys like they're all dead and useless, and then he's giving them inspirational speeches about... Shadows and dust, Maximus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> win the crowd, win your freedom. <laughs> he's course, right! you know, I own you, and I could give you your freedom right now, but <laughs> go ahead and win that crowd, and then we'll talk about it. Okay, so here's one more thing I wanted to mention. The real-life Commodus, the actual historical figure, yeah. when he would have these gladiator events, yes. they would throw bread into the crowd. Right, yes. which they show that in the movie. Right, he would also throw snakes. Yeah, which I was like, what? Yeah, he was he was a bad guy. There's no question he was a bad guy. <laughs> that 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 is historically accurate. I don't think that Longshanks was as bad as they portrayed him in Braveheart, but Commodus, the real Commodus, was not a good man. Interestingly, he was killed by a gladiator. It wasn't out in the arena, though. Do you know this? Do you know how the story of his death? I know the guy's name. Okay. You know the guy's name? I don't know his name, no. Narcissus. Okay, so Narcissus was a gladiator, but uh, Commodus, he had a list of people that he wanted dead. I'm thinking of uh, Billy Madison right now and Steve Buscemi with (laughs) with his lipstick on. (laughs) But he would make lists of people that needed to be killed because he had dislike for them for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. And one of the people that was a mistress of his came across the list and saw her own name on the list and she was the one that was like hey gladiator over here let's see what we can do about this and he went and strangled him in his bathtub wow yeah i never heard that story that's really cool yeah i did have one interesting fact about braveheart go ahead okay so the 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 end scene right the disembowelment scene yes very famous very dramatic 
Very yeah. moving scene. Very moving scene. And really, it's the highlight of the movie. The prisoner wishes to say a word. That when he cries freedom, that's that is right. certainly that moment for sure. Okay, so when they actually, we, we've talked a little bit about how people were leaving the movie and they were going to use all the tools mm-hmm. and it was scary and yeah. people walked out. So the actual William Wallace, yeah, before he got there. Right, so they they castrated him in oh, his yeah. jail cell yep. and drug him three miles. Yeah, and then he had that to look forward to. Yep, and they, they then then they did do the they drew and quartered him and took his various body parts to north. They put south, one, east like and his west. head on London Bridge, right? Yep, on a spike on London Bridge. Yep. So it did not have the effect that they intended. I guess not. <laughs> There's, I mean, these movies, we could go on and on about these movies. Right. The battle scenes, which were, from my perspective, much better in Braveheart, much more realistic. Okay, so I like Braveheart. The battle scenes were good. Yeah. Um, I was interested. I was, The story was compelling. The romance was there. Yeah. Everything works. It's just a little bit long and a little bit convoluted for me. Okay. Okay. And just me in general. I don't like big battle scenes because it just kind of all smears together for me. Right. So, like, I mean, I'm going to really hang myself here, but, like, the Fellowship of the King or, you know. Fellowship of the Ring. The Ring. Yes. Return of the King. Yeah. Those movies are just a whole big mess of CGI battle. Okay. So, on that point, just to touch on that, with Braveheart, there wasn't a great deal of CGI to be had at that time. But, I mean, I say that. I mean. Jurassic Park was coming out of the, in this time period as well. Sure. Um, so obviously there was a lot of CGI that could have been done, but they didn't do it. They did. They did a very limited amount of CGI, and to me that was huge. Like I can't detect it. They used I fake horses like that, that looked realistic, except for that one scene where he's jumping into the water, and you're like, <laughs> uh, "Is that movie. a Barbie horse?" <laughs> <laughs> fell off the carousel. <laughs> the CGI to me in Gladiator, I could see it. Like. I couldn't always see it. They obviously did a bunch of stuff that I didn't notice. It but was, there was little, but it was noticeable. Yeah, I mean, with when the, the tiger with the, takes a swipe at that guy, yeah. But I don't care because tigers are tigers in fighting are interesting, right? But I mean, the the, the giant coliseum and all of those things, it just didn't. I, I was like, oh, here's a computer generated thing, yeah. and I am not against CGI. I just don't want to know that it's there. I want it to be so good that I don't realize that it's there. Okay, and and I realized it was there. Well, just just to kind of wrap up, yeah, I, I think both stories are good. They're both compelling. Obviously, they're good. They're both best picture winners, right? We right. talked about that. Right, ninety five for Braveheart, two thousand for Gladiator. These are well loved, well respected movies. Uh-huh. I just I just find the Gladiator story for me the character of Maximus is somebody I identi- identify with right. and I aspire to be. To okay, so to me it is. It's the opposite. I want some complication. I want to be surprised and intrigued with Gladiator. There wasn't anything in the movie that I didn't see coming. Like, there were no surprises to me at all. It was like, oh, here's that scene where he's about to wipe out the guys that are supposed to execute him. I know that it's about to happen. With 
Braveheart, I got surprise after surprise after surprise. The betrayal that happened, the, the tactical things that happened, it was not foretelling the movie to me. It, it was, oh, hey, I'm experiencing this as it's happening, and I'm living in the moment. Okay, that's fair. It stayed ahead of me. That's, that's I guess, what I was, uh, the short way to say. It stayed ahead of me. And that's fine because, and I'm okay with that because Gladiator is a straightforward revenge story. I did read online and people are like, this is just a Steven Seagal movie. It's the same story of revenge. I don't care. uh, The story is compelling. The setting's compelling. Yeah. Uh, It's well made. I'm on board. I don't care. And we didn't really get to go into the soundtracks, but obviously you love the Hans Zimmer soundtrack. Absolutely. I don't. I love the James Horner. I mean, you you can you will walk away from Braveheart and the tune will be in your head. There's no tune on the Hans Zimmer one. I mean, there's there's his style of music is not really one to give you a tune most of the time. Um, but I if I've got a hero, I want the hero to have a theme. Well, it is a little bit frustrating that yeah. like Indiana Jones has the Raiders March. I yeah. can whistle it right now. Right. But this is just Luke's it theme, just moves through. Leia's theme. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the movies that we really love, people had themes. Even Marty had a theme. But I don't care because the mu- music in this movie is so good. Right. I got the soundtrack at home and it's awesome. So, Hans Zimmer. Yeah, right. grit. I mean, yes, they were mud farmers, but they were dirty. And it was real dirt. Like this was an, a, an effect of being in Scotland where it rained nine days out of ten. They were actually muddy. Everybody was so clean. Like even the slaves were clean and I, in Gladiator. I didn't have that grit. I wanted grit that I didn't get. I wanted it to be dirtier, and it was, like I said at the beginning, my compliment, it was it was dusty, but it was not dirty. It was a pretty picture, and if I'm talking about guys hacking each other to death in the ring, I don't want a pretty picture. I want some grit, and that's what I didn't have. I didn't have it in Gladiator. Okay. Right. And then, last thing, no, two last things. First last thing, and I've already said it, William Wallace had a cause. And the cause was freedom. It wasn't just a revenge story. That's a more compelling plot line. You want simple revenge story. I want not just a simple revenge story. Let's talk about freedom. That His speech to his troops after you've been following him for a full hour and you see what he's done. You've gone through battles with him. You've gone through his loss. You've gone through all of that. That's a moving speech. And he takes it right out of Henry V. All right. Fight and you may die. Run, and you'll live. At least a while. I'm dying in your beds many years from now. Would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take... And it was cool. Eh? Mel Gibson talks about how every time he yelled, his horse would trot. Yeah. And that's why he's back and forth and, and it, moving around. And, and it pumps that in, it, that intensity up. It pumps that intensity up to see him fighting with that horse and I've having got, to yell his lines. It's cool, man. It's cool. It's all cool. Okay. And then finally, yeah. last thing. And I said this about The Rise of Skywalker. I've said it about other movies. Gladiator had no comedy. It didn't have any comedy. I can't have a movie with no comedy in it. I mean, even Schindler's List had funny moments. <laughs> did it? Yes. Did it? Braveheart has 
a ton of funny moments that have to break up that intensity of the fact that they're hacking each other to death. And by the way, I don't remember if we mentioned this, the extras in this movie were the Irish Reserve Army and they had companies and they were local companies, kind of like, you know, local soccer teams. They had it in for each other a little bit. There was a lot of competition going on. Yeah, yeah. So the, the scenes were as realistic as they are because those guys really trying were trying to beat the crap out of each other. Right. <laughs> I think that's cool, too. Yeah. So I got to have Steven in there saying, The Lord tells me he can get me out of this mess, but he's pretty sure you're f- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with Maximus being super pissed and yeah. working his way for one single cause. It's super satisfying to me. Yeah. When he sticks that knife in Commodus's throat at the end, yeah. I'm like, sweet. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So that about does it. Yeah, I think that's it. I, think I mean, we we've covered it. And, we clearly and obviously, aren't gonna yeah, we're not going to convince one. you, and you're not going to convince me. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, the folks out there will see the, the flaws in your side with me all right please weigh in on this in social media yeah hit us up on facebook and twitter at shirley podcast at shirley podcast on both of them yep. you can find us um also on youtube we have the shirley you can't be serious youtube channel and um i just would like to go ahead and give a shout out to our buddies over at the 30 something podcast uh we love them it, they they continue to they continue to give us great podcasts and they continue to uh, promote us on their podcast and we just we love you guys that's right the uh, the Illinois contingent super appreciate you guys yeah we like you Spaniard we shall cheer for you <laughs> <laughs> all right signing off all right thanks good to see you D good to see you too Jason bye bye. All music images and movie clips are used for the purposes of commentary and education in conjunction with the fair use agreement under the U.S. copyright law.